Hey, you're listening to John Gregory Vincent here with the Surfacing Inclusive Leadership Podcast. This is leadership I learned the hard way during my 14 years on submarines. After a Gallup gig, working for the best human behavioral organization in the world, I was ready to launch my coaching, advising, and training company, The Submarine Way. So hey, let's cast off all lines because we're getting underway, The Submarine Way. Last week, we explored the 737 MAX and the death of hundreds going down in these two crashes, a massive Boeing failure. That second crash, families devastated. We're visiting the makeshift memorial that was just a crater in the ground from a 737 striking that ground at 600 miles an hour. Families were throwing flowers and other gifts to the dead loved ones as a remembrance, as a memorial. Such a sad visual, but there's more. Another visual, a home gardener who spends every spring, every summer, every fall, chasing in the driveway, chasing in the, their beds, chasing around their yard, the weeding and the pruding and all the gardening. It's their greatest joy. And an important part of that is their weed killer, which is always their trusted ally, always by their side. And the beauty and the joy of a weed-free yard and a weed-free driveway, walkway. That joy goes away though, you're diagnosed with cancer and begin to wonder if that joy that you felt in the garden was tempered by those chemicals you were using. Bear Monsanto has won its fifth consecutive trial over claims that its weed killer, Roundup, causes cancer. Most recently, they have started winning against the class action lawsuits. A jury returned the verdict in favor of the company in St. Louis, Missouri State Court after a month-long trial involving three plaintiffs. The case, which was the first Roundup trial involving more than one plaintiff, was the fifth consecutive trial victory for the German company over its product Roundup. But going back, agribusiness giant Monsanto has been accused of selling an asbestos-laden product Roundup, which the company denies is linked to health problems. Three U.S. juries have disagreed, and the company is facing 13,400 plaintiffs who claim the most commonly used herbicide in the world is the reason they have non-Hopkins lymphoma. According to Forbes, Monsanto has settled over 100,000 Roundup lawsuits, paying out about 11 billion as of May 2022. There are still 30,000 lawsuits pending. This includes 4,000 cases in multi-district litigation in the state of California. MDL cases, multi-district litigation, are not class action suits. Instead, they group cases together, 
So that instead of answering the same question repeatedly in each separate lawsuit, the court can resolve some specific issues for all of them at once. You gotta ask yourself, why would a company continue to make and sell a product that they've already paid $11 billion in lawsuits to and have 30,000 pending litigations? We know the answer to this. There's a heck of a lot more money in selling this product than in, you know, occasionally having to pay out $11 billion. It is another example of profit over people. Now, in submarines, I can't give you an example of profit over people, but I can certainly give you an example of people over operations. And I think from previous podcasts, you know how seriously we take operations. The example I'm going to use is what's called dissymmetry. Dissymmetry, in the case of someone who doesn't work regularly in nuclear spaces on a nuclear submarine, is essentially a little yellow square tab that you have to wear, literally 24-7. If you get out of your bunk, you have to be wearing it. And it's essentially a piece of film, undeveloped film. If you're in the nuclear spaces, it's a little more sophisticated. It kind of looks like a little, little chubby short pen. It's a more sophisticated, more sensitive dosimetry. These are measured on a regular basis to measure your exposure to radiation. Now, for people like me that didn't regularly work, although I went back aft and hung out quite frequently, my, my, my exposure to radiation was extremely small. Much higher for those working in the nuclear spaces, but still, we're told, uh, well within safe regions. Now, they would post the results of those dissymmetry measurements. And they posted not only that, but they would post your lifetime exposure. Now, I am not aware of anybody who was not assigned to work in the nuclear spaces that ever got close to their lifetime exposure or exceeded their short-term exposure. But I am aware of a few people in the nuclear spaces. And if you were close to lifetime exposure, your time on submarines was over. If you exceeded exposure during a period, and that would most likely be someone working around steam generators, which is, they are laden with, with uh, radiation. Then you had to remove yourself from the space, which would affect watch rotation, which would affect all sorts of performance issues. And if you got to your lifetime, you literally could affect the, st the staffing, if you will, the crew levels on a submarine. Now think of the impact that would have on operations, but think of what happens when you put safety of the individual above the operation of the submarine. That's an example of putting people first. So let's look at another example. And this one, if it wasn't so tragic, the irony of it would be funny. There was a deadly Canadian Pacific train derailment in February of 2019, which took the lives of three workers, as well as several other Teamster members. The official report into the crash was released just last month. According to Teamsters Canada, old brakes, extreme cold, and an inexperienced train master were all factors that contributed to the fatal CP rail derailment in the mountains near British Columbia, Alberta border. 
Over the years, several CP train crews submitted reports outlining dangerous conditions involving braking issues on Field Hill, according to the TSB. In fact, please listen to this. One day before his death, engineer Andrew Doc Rell had descended the same hill using maximum braking available, barely enough to keep the train under control. He immediately prepared a safety hazard report about the, this dangerous stretch of railway and the deficiencies in the trains from preventing an imminent disaster. The safety hazard report he had prepared about the event was discovered from the accident site. He was killed before he had the opportunity to submit it. In early February 2019, after days of minus 30 degree wind chills and a lengthy power failure at CP's bunkhouse in British Columbia, CP continued to operate its trains through the notorious, dangerous spiral tunnels and mountain passes. Business as usual. Train 301, a two kilometer long freight train loaded with grain, sat for hours without handbrakes. Just 10 minutes after the crew transfer, the train, having lost all air pressure, began to move on its own. What should have been a 52 minute trip down the notoriously dangerous field hill took just three minutes. Let me read that again. This should have been a very slow 52 minute trip down the notorious field hill. But they did it in just three minutes because the train was completely out of control and the train was doomed, reaching speeds of more than 85 kilometers per hour. Because profits trump safety in the corporate world, here comes the irony, folks. Canadian Pacific CP executives still got, wait for it, workers' safety bonuses that year, according to the Globe and Mail. The company paid $6.6 million in bonuses to its six top executives, of which $800,000 was tied directly to the company's safety record. The safety pay made up over $350,000 of the CEO's almost $3 million bonus. Other CP managers also received bonuses for safety performance. Doesn't it make you wonder what their safety performance metrics were, if they even had any? Why should safety bonuses be paid out when safety clearly is not a priority? So the last two weeks, we have tried to show examples of what happens when the bottom line is driven only by dollars and not 
by safety of passengers, in the case of last week's two tragic plane crashes, or of workers just trying to do their job with poor equipment that they've identified, but it hasn't been fixed because it's just cheaper to roll the dice. Ask yourself in your organization, and you may not have cases this extreme where people are literally dying, but do you make the investment in people? Do you make the investment in their professional development? Do you make the investment that they have the resources, the right software, and things like that? Or you just let them get by? Because it's a lot cheaper to not fix it than to fix it. The answer is your only competitive advantage are your people. And if they feel valued and they feel empowered and they feel that they have ownership and that you care about them, you will get their best effort. This is John Gregory Vincent. You've been listening to Surfacing Inclusive Leadership. What do we do? We develop inclusive leaders and we use that by surfacing the methodology of submarines, talent-based, inclusion-focused, mission-oriented, and we've translated that into a straightforward four-step system. We assess the organization and the key individuals that are going to be coached. We then coach those individuals one at a time. Then we coach those individuals and conduct team training with them. And then we reinforce what's learned to make sure that those behaviors turn into action. As you are aware, we have also launched a parallel company because the best leaders, the best people perform at their best when their health, their wellness, and their mental state is at its best. So we have launched Submarine Way Wellness, www.submarinewaywellness.com, to provide you the purest supplements on earth. You should check out the site. You'll find it to be quite extraordinary compared to your average everyday um, uh, supplement site. So again, John Gregory Vincent, how do you get in touch with us about the Submarine Way? Submarineway.com or reach out to myself on LinkedIn or Deb Cake Fortin, our president. Thank you so much for listening. And please, folks, be well.